Good morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to Let's Talk Ranching. Um, to start off this episode, uh, I'm going to be doing a really interesting uh, overview of a read that I did last night um, that I found really educational to myself. Um, just before I jump into that, if you are looking uh, kind of for references to get into like the ins and outs of the cattle industry and educate yourself a little bit more on and put some depth into the industry, um, there is a site called ProgressiveCattle.com. I personally like it. I don't know the overviews of people that don't like it, um, but they cover news topics, production sales, features, blogs, magazine. They, they cover a lot of ground. Um, especially in the U.S., Canada, France, uh, you know, dairy, progressive forage, progressive cattle, uh, progression dairy, you know, a beef, a lot of, lot of different topics in regards to um, cattle. I'm under the progressive column right now. If you click on home, you'll see a news column, and there's about five topics there. There is a specific topic that I wanted to talk about today. This episode might be into another episode, so you'll have to bear with me. Um, But the fifth topic down is called Cattle Facts Forecast, Cattle Prices to Climb Against Supply Shortages. So if you have not read this article, I'm going to read it to you today. So let's get started. Cattle inventory liquidation over the past three years to the sum of almost 3 million head has created a tighter supply of beef cattle going into 2022, and price dynamics will keep paying off for the industry. Supplies will be even thinner in the coming year, Cattlefax Senior Analyst Kevin Good said to those at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, NCBA, Cattle Industry Convention in Houston, February 2nd, the January 1st beef cow inventory count showed a decline of 718,000 cows to 3.1 million, while overall head were at 91.9 million, down almost 3 million since 2019. Good said drought recovery will determine by late summer how drastically production should drop. So, there is a little bit of a decline in cattle going on right now, um, specifically towards uh, the weather. If there's a huge drought within a, an area or location, uh, a lot of cows can't get up to standard, a lot of cows can't meet production quotas, and then so on and so forth. The decline of cattle numbers over the past two years will continue, Good said. About a third of the cattle herd through last year was exposed to drought conditions. Now, if you look at where we're starting this year, you can see about two-thirds of the beef herd is actually in dry conditions or worse, and 40% are in drought conditions. So as we start this year, we've got some headwinds. Until the pattern changes, we are going to continue to see cow slaughter at a level that is still a liquidation price. You'll see a little chart here kind of explaining that a little bit better. Um... The limited supply should boost calf values among all key categories, calves, feeder calves, fed cattle, and box cutouts. So right now, um, we're going to jump into the production outlook. They kind of give you a little bit of a base down of kind of what cows are going for right now. You're looking at fed cattle steers, feeder steers, 800 pounds, 550 pound calves, call cows, bread cows, so on and so forth. And they give you the dates of when they were selling at this price, this price, and uh, kind of just the range throughout the years. Um, Mainly starting from 2016 to 2021, it looks like. So, production outlook. 
more cattle are entering feedlots through the beef on dairy segment, Good explained, we're seeing more and more of those animals move into the system. The number is probably somewhere close to 3 million today out of the 9 million plus dairy cows and it's only going to get bigger as we go forward. Even with those additions, production figures are forecast to drop in the second half of the year, especially fourth quarter, which is a rare trend. Generally, what that means is you're waking into tighter supplies over time for a cycle standpoint. Beef cutout values have surged in the past two years, driven by tighter supply. But Good said that trend may see beef prices take a little bit of a breath. Demand remains high in markets while supplies are tight and beef prices have gone up twice the rate of inflation, which means there's more real dollars that have come into our business, but we've got a consumer out there more than likely is going to have a little bit of inflation pressure. So for our purposes today, we've got a smaller increase in a price at wholesale. Let's get into segment leverage. Now, this is the part that kind of got me asking questions. Segment leverage. The debate in recent years has been why so much leverage on cattle price has swung heavily to packers away from cow-calf producers at a time when box cutout values are consistently above 250. So how good asked does leverage improve over time? Declining supplies over the next four years will favor cow-calf ranchers aided in next part by more shackle space coming from packer expansion. The third component is packer participation. Just common sense to packers bidding is that two packers bidding is better than one. Three packers bidding is better than two. Four packers bidding is better than three. And that's the simplest way of looking at it. The sooner we see better participation, the sooner we get the front end supply to a spot where we have the participation. Obviously, leverage swings much quicker. The rate of packer expansion will start in 2022 with a conservative estimate of an additional slaughter capacity of 2,500 head per day. Between 2023 and 2025, an additional 400 head increase is conservative estimate. But the operative factor, good added, will be labor availability. Heading into the next three years, we can build brick and mortar, but we've got to have somebody to work the plants. So that is by David Cooper, um, Cattle Facts Senior Analyst. Kevin Good spoke at the 2022 NCBA Cattle Industry Convention in Houston. Um, and that's kind of the basis of who was talking there. So this is the interesting part that I wanted to get into when I was reading this this topic. Uh, just by the way, to give you a little bit of uh, vocabulary so you guys understand a little bit better. When they're talking about packers, uh, this is a person that goes and buys livestock for slaughter. And uh, there's these are also people that manufacture and prepare wholesale meat products. And they act as kind of like a wholesale broker, dealer, or distributor. Um, and also shackle space is kind of an area capacity for animals to be hung like at a, a meat plant or a slaughterhouse, um, that kind of thing. So with this, okay, I had a little bit of a thesis question. This is where I'm totally open for discussion. 
this is where you can put your thinking caps on and do some research for me. I'm going to do some research. I've been asking the questions, and this is the one question that I took away from this specific article myself. That's another thing. If you are reading articles, especially based on something you don't understand and you don't know, it's really good to have a driving force and a driving question when you're done reading the article. Why are they doing it like this? Why are they doing it like that? What does this mean? What does that mean? If you increase your vocabulary in the industry, you have a better chance of understanding the ins and outs. And that's kind of the biggest thing with cattle. You have to understand the way that they talk, the way that they think, the conservative you know, outlook that is brought into the, into the cattle industry and understanding small little key segments that are you know, kind of limelighting the whole topic that you're looking into. So vocabulary is a very big thing and having a driving question after you're done. My driving question when I read this specific um, article was, do you think that the increase in shackle space and packer expansion with the decrease of beef cattle commercial herds being processed would help direct ranchers and farmers who handle cow-calf operations specifically? Is it arguable to say it's helping the beef production system with cow-calf or still damaging it? Are cow-calf operations one of the main drivers in keeping the cattle production alive during the pandemic and how beneficiary is it? A little bit of an extensive question. Maybe it's stupid, maybe it isn't, but I had to ask the question and there's somebody out there, doesn't matter if you've been in the industry for 50 years or one day, you do have this answer for me. So this was kind of the answer that I had to my driving question. Because I really, I, I was literally thinking about this last night for like an hour and a half. And this is kind of what I came up with. Because cow-calf operations are seasonal and each rancher or farmer calves or calves in specific seasons, the group to bring in those cattle and calves is very diverse and spread out. Allowing a healthy flow of cattle being shipped and finished with a healthy use of tight supplies, less time and more profit which overruns the overwhelming haul of a national and international shipment of cattle, which may increase packer expansion but decreases profit margin, more supplies, more time, less space. More diseases like uh, can be introduced within large unkept herds of cattle, mad cow, which can jeopardize the cattle's overall health and profit, but the lot as well. In all fairness, I think that cow-calf operations, especially in a four-year period, have a great shot at maintaining the market during the pandemic. So I definitely, I do, I do agree. I think that within the next four years, you are going to see a lot of private direct ranchers coming out into the limelight. And you're going to see a lot of their cows being produced. You're going to see a lot of those cows surfacing. And I think because of the, the timeline in which these guys kind of do their thing, um, being spread out so much, I think that that's what's definitely going to keep these plants going. That's, when, that's what's going to keep the cattle industry flowing. That's going to keep profit margins high. That's going to keep, you know, everybody having a job. That is another thing. It's kind of like oil and gas, too, in agriculture. You have a very fluctuating system. You have one day, like, um, I'm going to get into the Alberta beef producers in the next episode, but you have one day where you're, like, selling a bull for, like, $1.90 a pound, and then, like, the next day it's going for, like, $0.90. Cents. 
you know, it's a very fluctuating system and you got to really make sure you understand the seasons to which cattle are selling. How much cows and like, uh, like call cows are going for, how much boner cows are going for, how much live and rail is going for, how much steers are going for, how much bulls are going for. It all depends on the season, right? Um, that's like one of the biggest things when you're getting into cattle. It's the fluctuation and you have to be prepared for that fluctuation. You have to be prepared for declining. You have to be prepared for increasing. You have to be prepared for shutdowns. You have to be prepared for disease. You are dealing with animals, live breathing animals. There's a lot of things that contribute to that. If a specific plant isn't making quota, you're going to be declining in your profit margin. There's just, there's so many things to understand and know when it comes to cattle. And you know, the interesting is, is I started this educational journey a couple years ago. And um, when I, when I first started, I honest to God went into this topic with this kind of like, because I grew up in a, in a setting where, you know, you're surrounded by ranchers and farmers, you know, ranchers and farmers, you know how it operates, you know how it goes, but on a surface level. Okay, I would have never, ever, ever thought that there was this much dynamic, this much depth into this topic. Um, it's literally not just waking up and like going out and raising your cattle and, and you know, making money and not all ranchers are rich. And it's not like, you know, it, it's a very tough system. It's a very tough system to follow along with. Um, and if you're not educated, you are going to be losing a lot of money. You are going to be losing you know, a lot of character and, and you're just, it's going to put a very bitter taste in your mouth. So if you are getting into cattle, I cannot stress this enough. Educate yourself. You are going to ask questions that are dumb. You're going to ask questions that are stupid. You're going to ask questions that you don't even understand, you know, if you learn the overall vocabulary, like I said before, and you sit down with somebody that's, you know, you know, third generation, you know, that's been in this for how many years, they'll sit down and they will have an honest conversation with you. Not everything is like the old west, you know, shooting off guns, trying to make your money, stealing your cows back. There's a very heavy modern um political outlook in the ranching community and there's a lot of different ways that these guys can make money and they're trying to and another big thing is like you know beef programs you know grass-fed beef you know a lot of these organic ranches are going back to like untouched land that's another thing there's just so many things to learn about go on these website go on progressivecattle.com learn go to conferences learn about agriculture because this is a huge part of everybody's daily living it doesn't matter who you are where you live you know there are cows there there are cows pretty much everywhere in the world there are very adaptable species and um there's a huge you know behind the scenes sector to cattle that is what i'm trying to talk to you about if you have an answer to the question that I presented today, besides my answer, come forth, talk to me about it. 
I think it's kind of a, it's a very heavy topic to kind of jump into. Um, but you know, and it might be a stupid question, but it's definitely a question that I, I feel like needs to be answered by somebody. So if you are listening to this and you hear my question, talk to me, debate with me, argue with me, tell me I'm wrong, tell me I'm right, educate me. That's what this podcast is about. I hope you guys enjoyed the first episode of Let's Talk Ranchin. If you have any questions, let me know. And uh, if you have any topics you want to discuss, let me know. If you want to get on here and talk, let me know. Have a good day.